This December 16th and 17th, Northwest Valley Baptist Church presents A Walk Through Christmas, a special night of fun and excitement for all ages. Come and see the live nativity scene with animals and narration. Listen to live Christmas music and caroling while enjoying hot chocolate and coffee. Take part in crafts for kids and explore our candy cane forest. Take a complimentary family picture at one of our photo booths. Get your free tickets at walkthroughchristmas.org or go to Eventbrite and search Walk Through Christmas. You know, we have this sort of, it's really easy to come up with a faith that takes certain burdens off of us and makes it easier and makes it more convenient and makes, in fact, makes life, makes the opportunity for wealth and makes the opportunity for prosperity and sells the idea of hope. But it's not the Bible. It's not real. It's disobedience. It's fake. And this is, this is a fake faith. See, this is what happens. You have this idea of God, and you're going you're gonna to set up your own religion, your own way of worshiping God, so that you can, what? Use God for your own purposes. You use, here, here's what it is. You're using the name of God, but not for the purposes of God. If there is any example in Scripture of having no other gods before us and taking the name of God in vain. This is it. I'm Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Well, today we continue our study of the life of Elisha, the prophet, who took the mantle of the role of prophet after Elijah was taken up to heaven in a fiery chariot. Today, we bring you more of a message titled, Serve God, Do Not Use Him. We pick things up with Dr. Shaw as he tells us more about King Jehoram, son of King Ahab, and his twisted way of trying to capitalize on fake faith. Sounds like something that a son of Ahab would do. Here's our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw. In 1 Kings 12, verse 26, this is what, what Jeroboam had done. And Jeroboam said in his heart, now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. This kingdom that I've set up in the north, they're going, to all the way, they're going to go back to the descendants of King David, and I'm going to lose my kingdom. He says they're going to return to the house of David. If this people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam king of Judah, and they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam king of Judah." 
Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt, golden calf worship, like the children of Israel did in the wilderness. It was potentially a sort of quasi-worship of God mixed with, of Jehovah mixed with idolatry. And he set one in Bethel and the other he put in Dan. And this thing became a sin for the people went to worship before the one even unto Dan. And he made an house of high places and made priests of the lowest of the people which were not of the sons of Levi. So now what had happened? We, we go back to, first, to 2 Kings chapter 3. And what did Jeroboam set up? Well, he set up a fake religion. Now, why did he set up a fake religion? He set up a fake religion so that he could keep the loyalty of his people for his own power benefit. In fact, he was concerned that if the people go down to Jerusalem, we already saw it in 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 26, that if they go back down to Jerusalem, they'll return to the Lord. So what do you do? You set up a fake religion that keeps them from returning to the Lord. So there was this sort of a reform, but there's a big difference between reform and revival. This was not revival. It was just changing a worse fake religion for a little bit less worse fake religion. It is a fake faith that is intended for selfish purposes. It tries to kind of look like the real thing. We're going to use the same language. We're going to, we're going to call God the same we're going to, in fact, what we're going to say is, you know, yours is good for you and ours are good, is good for me. It's another thing that he did. I, I mean, there, it, it tries to, to look like the real thing. It clings to the benefits of disobedience. And the benefits of disobedience was that you have this rebellion in the land and he's creating this false nation and then a false place of worship. And so he, he wants all of this stuff for himself. There's another thing that he does here that I think is fascinating in 1 Kings chapter 12. And that is he makes it a more convenient faith. He makes it easier. Someone was asking me this. I guess that there's some sort of movie coming on about a, a particular pastor and in uh, Oklahoma someplace. And the idea was that he, he kind of turned from believing in a hell, you know, a literal hell, and to a more of a universalist concept of salvation. And one of the things that he said was, it really just took a burden off his shoulders because now he can ride on a plane without having to witness to people. It's really easy to come up with a faith that takes certain burdens off of us and makes it easier and makes it more convenient and makes, in fact, makes life, makes the opportunity for wealth and makes the opportunity for prosperity and sells the idea of hope. But it's not the Bible. It's not real. It's disobedience. It's fake. This is a fake faith. But see, this is what happens. You have this idea of God, and you're going you're to set up your own religion, your own way of worshiping God, so that you can, what? Use God for your own purposes. You use, here, here's what it is. You're using the name of God, but not for the purposes of God. If there is any example in Scripture of having no other gods before us and taking the name of God in vain, this is it. 
Taking the name of God in vain is more than just saying the word and, and something other than a reverent circumstance. There are all different, all different kinds of ways in which we can, we can take God and use God. There, there's a term that we use sometimes in Christian ministry talking about um, professional ministry. And I hate to use it because it gives the impression that it's, it's a career. And it's, it's, it's not a career, it's a calling. It's a commitment. It's, it's, just, it's not just one among options that we can do to expand ourselves and, and make ourselves, you know, you know, use our gifts. It's so much more than that. Now, I, I understand those that use it sometimes are using it innocently. It's not on purpose, but it, it's this, this idea. And so we have this, he reforms, but only partially, tries to look like the real thing, but isn't the real thing, clings to the benefits of disobedience, and there are all kinds of sinful benefits of disobedience. But we can put them usually into three categories that the Apostle John described in the book of 1 John chapter 2, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And so you have the example here of this fake religion with Jehoram. By the way, it's a, it's a religion that is politically correct. There are times when Christianity is in and politically correct. Usually it's rare. Most of the time, it's not. That's okay. You say, well, I really feel bad when people don't like us. They didn't like Jesus. Now, we ought not to go out and seek to make enemies or treat people with unkindness. We ought, to, we ought to show the love of Christ and, and trust the love of Christ will, uh, will, will make a difference in the lives of people. But folks, we're in a spiritual battle. This is spiritual warfare. And Satan is going to be active against the work of God in the world. And you have here a religion that is developed for political benefit. Our eyes ought to be open to this potential and this possibility. Another way that we use God is through fake religion. Another way we use God is only for emergencies. And most of the story here is about this. First of all, here's how you get to the place where you use God. You, you make all of your plans without Him. You say, I'm going to get up, you know, like James says, I'm going to go into such a city and buy and sell and get gain. I, you know, I'm going to plan my business, I'm going to plan my life, I'm going to plan my retirement, I'm going to plan my vacation, I'm going to plan all of these things, I'm going to plan to make money, I'm going to do all, I have all of these plans in my life and things that I'm going to do, but I leave God completely out of the plans. I don't say, as James said we should, if the Lord will, we will do this or that. It's always a godly practice to consult the Lord to see if something is in His will. Stay tuned. Dr. Shaw will be back with more in a moment. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, and part two of a message titled, Serve God, Do Not Use Him, as we bring you a study of the life of Elisha, who followed Elijah. Visit daretostand.org for more details about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio ministry. Many in our community struggle with addiction. 
Here's Dr. Shaw to talk about an addiction recovery ministry at his church called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thanks, Dr. Shaw. If you would like more details about the addiction recovery ministry called Freedom That Lasts, please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church, 623-581-3115. And now, let's get back to our study as Dr. Shaw talks more about seeking God's will in all of our decisions, according to the book of James. Here's Dr. Shaw. Let me remind you, I do not believe that James is saying that it's God that allows us to do the things that we want to do. What he's saying is we should be saying before we start, if the Lord wills, if, if, if it's according to his will, then we'll be able that we should do these things. In other words, we bathe our choices in prayer and seek his guidance in areas of life. And so here's what he does. He plans without God. Uh, so, so in 2 Kings chapter 3, we see something in particular that happens, and that is Jehoram's father dies, Ahab dies. And, so, and what had been happening was that Moab, that Moab had been a vassal state to Israel. Israel was stronger and Moab was weaker. And so the king of Moab had been paying tribute to the king of Israel. And it tells us exactly how much tribute here. A hundred thousand lambs. That's a, a, probably a lot. I can't imagine what it was like. You know, did they pay them in, in installments or all at once? But you have a hundred thousand, you have a hundred thousand lambs and a hundred thousand rams. Uh, the wool of the rams is probably the idea here. Uh, this, this is significant financial tribute to indicate their subservience. Well. Jehoram doesn't like this. And he begins to rouse up all of Israel. And he, and he rouses up all Israel and he sends emissaries to, to, to the king of, of Judah. And he, said, he went to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, and he says, the king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go up against Moab to battle? And Jehoshaphat says, yeah. Now, now what's really interesting so far in all of this is no one, there's no indication anywhere in the text so far of anybody praying and asking for God's will in this process. Why would he? He doesn't even believe him. Now, I think Jehoshaphat probably should have. I think that's a fair criticism of Jehoshaphat in the text. And so we see that he says, yes, he'll go to battle. And so, um, so they, they made their plans. We're going to go battle. And, uh, but, but here's what happens. When we make plans without God, we tend to get in a mess. Have you ever gotten yourself in a mess? There are some of you who probably around... 2008 had gotten yourself in a mess. You know what I'm talking about? Real estate crisis. F- collapse of the real estate market. And there were all, there, and that, you don't tell me, don't raise your hands. But you know, folks highly in debt, owning not, lots of houses. All of a sudden, the houses are worth, worth less than the debt. Now you're in a mess. 
And of course, or, or maybe you get, your, you get yourself in a financial mess, you get yourself in a family mess, you get yourself in a marriage mess. We, you get yourself in a mess because you've been doing everything your way up until this point. It's exactly what Jehoram was doing. He's doing everything his way up to this point and he gets himself in a mess. Well, what's the mess? So they decide we're going to attack Moab. Now, I, if, you, if you have a map in your Bible, you can look at that. I'll describe it to you. Um, you have Israel in the north, and you have Judah in the south. And Judah, most of Judah is along the western era, area off of the Dead Sea. Well, Moab is across the Dead Sea on the eastern shores of the Dead Sea. Well, they're in Judah, and they're going to attack Moab. Well, how are they going to do it? Well, you have two choices. Go north or go south. So are they going to go north across the Jordan River and attack Moab? Or are they going to go around the south side of the Dead Sea and attack Moab from the south? Well, here's what they decide to do. They decide to go with the south. And so he says, we're going to go to war. And he said, which way shall we go? Verse 8. And he answered, the way through the wilderness of Edom. We're going to go south through the wilderness of Edom. That's the area south of the Dead Sea. So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah, and the king of Edom, he puts together three nations of armies to go against one. He says, man, I mean, Jehoram, he has a plan. He has Jehoshaphat, he has the king of Edom, he has Israel, he has, he has Judah, has three nations going against Moab. He's going to teach those Moabites a lesson. There's a problem, though. South of the Dead Sea is dry. It's a desert. And they have three armies. Now, I know that it's been said in the past that armies march on their stomachs, and that's true, but they also need to drink something. And you're never going to get to worry about the stomach if you can't give them something to drink. And so they have run out of water. There's no water to feed the armies. There's no, armory. There's no water to feed the animals that are there. That's what, what it describes here. It says, so the king of went and the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they fetched a compass, a compass of seven days' journey. They decided a, a circular route of seven days' journey. And there was no water for the host, that's the army, and for the cattle, for the horses and all of those things that followed them, bringing all the supplies. And the king of Israel said, Alas, the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. They're stuck. I mean, they have the potential of all three armies perishing in the desert without ever having gotten into a fight to begin with. You say, shouldn't they have planned better? I, I suppose. Maybe if they thought that there would be springs or there would be water, but there was no water. So they got into a mess. Now, it's interesting. And then when you get in the mess, you blame your problem on God. This is how we use God, right? Lord, you, know, I, I, you have this terrible marriage problem. Lord, how is it that you let me marry this person? We plan without God, we get ourselves in a mess, and then we say it's his fault. Isn't that what Jehoram did? Look in this passage. He says, alas, that the Lord, Jehovah, all of a sudden he's a Jehovah follower. All of a sudden he's devout. All of the, when it is convenient, right, to blame it on God. Now why is he doing that? Well... If, if we can convince God or the people of God that it's God's fault, right? Then God is obligated to fix it for us. 
But Jehoshaphat, verse 11, and we same pattern that we saw with Ahab. Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? Isn't there a prophet? So you blame your problem on him. And then you seek God when trouble comes. Now Jehoshaphat has this place. He wants to seek God. And so they said, here's Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elisha. He's a man of God. Jehoshaphat said, verse 12, the, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, now here's, he says, what have I to do with thee? We say, what does that mean? It means, why are you here? What do you have to do with me? We're not friends. Why are you coming to see me? I can see him looking at Edom, maybe the king of Edom, but this is really, this story is all about Jehoram. And we'll see from beginning to end. He looks at Jehoram and he says, he says to him this, he says, go, go to your own gods. He says, get thee, verse 13, to the prophets of thy father and to the prophets of thy mother. Go to, your, go to the prophets of Baal. Why are you coming to me? And here's what Jehoram says. The audacity. But here's what he says. No, for the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. God did this. Well, maybe there's a sense in which God did for judgment. But it was his choice. He's the one that initiated all of this. He's the one that started the mess. And then when, it, when trouble comes, it's not his own religion that he goes to. It's not his own prophets. Dr. Shaw will be back with a closing thought about people who make a mess of things with their false beliefs and then expect the real God to bail them out. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Come visit our new worship center. Sunday worship service is at 9.30 a.m. Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K-12, through at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If Dr. Shaw's teaching is a blessing to you, we encourage you to visit daretostand.org. Find out more about this ministry. Consider supporting this program with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. Your donations help to keep Dr. Shaw on the air. We would love to give you free copies of Pastor Shaw's teaching and minister to you personally please call Northwest Valley Baptist Church today, 
800-331-3315 and let us serve you in any way we can. You're always welcome to visit Sunday morning service at 9.30 or Sunday evening discipleship at 6 p.m. I'm Celeste Montague. Do join us next time for more in our study of the life of Elisha the prophet. And now, here's Dr. Shaw with a closing thought about people like King Jehoram, who make bad decisions without consulting God, and then expect God to bail them out. Join us next time for more, right here on Dare to Stand. Have you ever noticed that? People that, they, they gather around themselves the wrong kind of friends. And they gather around themselves the kind of people that, that you know, will sin with them and they'll do the drugs with them and they'll be involved in the, the sinful lifestyle with them and they'll be involved in all the carnality with them. And then when trouble comes, you know where those folks go? They fly away. And where do they have to go? They go back to the righteous people who have been in their life and say, would you please help me? 